0: When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town, your state, across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi.
1: Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me an author, John Vespasian, uh, talking about his 11th book. It's a very impressive book called Asymmetry The Shortcut to Success When Success Seems Impossible. Now, what is important about John Vespasian is, is the timing of his 11th book. Because this book basically Tells you about asymmetry, how you create success. But today he's going to talk about what are the asymmetric strategies to create success. And it's very important in the current environment impacted by pandemic. One, there are some negative vibes around us in terms of job market, in terms of the economic situation of various countries, in terms of the health issues, in terms of the financial markets and the financial crisis which is seen around us. Uh, John is an author who has uh, written 11 books. His books include When Everything Fails, Try This, Rationality is the Way to Happiness, The Philosophy of Builders, The Ten Principles of Rational Living, Rational Living, Rational Working, Consistency, the key to permanent stress relief. The other books he has written are On Becoming Unbreakable, Thriving in Difficult Times, Sequentiality, the amazing power of finding the right sequence of steps, Undisrupted, how effective people deal with disruption, rather, how highly effective people. Deal with disruption, and his latest book is Asymmetry: The Shortcut to Success When Success Seems Impossible. John uh, has all these 11 books about rational living, and uh, he is uh, a, a rare skill set owner that he combines his passion for history, investing and personal development, reflecting his philosophy of rational living, productiveness, and respect for the individual. As he says, the purpose of his work is to draw practical lessons from history. And he also explains, if you want to make good decisions, you have to take a look at the big picture and learn from the wisdom accumulated in centuries of human experience. He also mentions, knowledge is the only valid response to stress the only formula that can make you more effective. He also mentions that his books contain the wisdom which he has accumulated in decades of research. It's clearly seen in the 11 books he has written, very very nice and easy to read books. It is all about learning from other people's success and mistakes and figuring out how to apply those principles to your life. And uh, for every book he writes, he goes through biographies, historical events, uh, with with the focus on, a rather, goal of extracting from them lessons, we can use at that moment point of time, like for asymmetry, the shortcut to success when success impossible, could be right now. Welcome, John. Welcome to the show. Hi, uh,
2: Mahesh. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: Wonderful. So, John, oh, very impressive. I've seen uh, you have written a lot of books and today we are going to discuss about your latest book, which is number 11, very impressive, Uh, Asymmetry. Now, before we get into the subject, which is very, very relevant in today's times, I just wanted to know from you as an author, you have written 10 books before this, 11 books, and all of them are relevant to the current times. And very important subject for, for, I would say, for everybody. It's what motivates you and you know, how do you keep building on uh, you know, such important concepts?
2: Um, I think it's a question of, uh, of personality and uh, interest. I just find it uh, fascinating uh, to make research, uh, uh, to go uh, different ideas, different stories, and to try to learn from them. And to write down uh, what I learned, uh, it's a lot of effort and it requires a lot of, of discipline. If you want to produce a book per year, uh, it requires a lot of planning, a lot of uh, uh, daily work. But uh, I find the exercise uh, fascinating. Um, I've been reading books for many decades uh, about uh, history, psychology, uh, personal finance, uh, marketing. These are areas that I love. But uh, what I love most is to uh, compile new knowledge, uh, to extract new knowledge from history. And this is the point of my work. The purpose of my books is to draw uh, practical lessons uh, from history, from hundreds and hundreds of uh, biographies, uh, events uh, in different uh, countries, in different centuries, and to try to extract uh, practical principles that we can apply today in the 21st century.
1: So it looks like, John, you're solving a pro- lot of problems for guys like me. Uh, uh, so it's it's you're, you're doing so much of research. You are uh, so passionate uh, about reading about history, finance, biographies, and all that. And uh, you pick up the best out of it, or rather I would say the gist, and combine in your books along with your thought process, connecting with the current times, how it can be used, and you make it useful for everybody. So that's that's quite an effort, and uh, uh, that is really appreciative that uh, all your hard work and learnings, uh, you're converting into a usable manual, I would call in this case, uh, for all of us. So thank you so much.
2: Thanks. Uh, what I find particularly um, interesting in history is to try to um, to find the difference between uh, what appears to be and what it really is. Uh, because uh, when you look at uh, stories in the newspapers and you see uh, successful people and you see uh, some disasters here and there, you get uh, an impression which uh, very often is not real. It's very superficial. It is based on uh, short term observations. So what I want to do when I look at uh, a biography, I look at an event in history, is to try to find the truth, uh, to compare different versions of the story and to try to find what is behind. And when we go through different stories to different uh, points in in my latest book, you will see that uh, uh, the idea that uh, many people have uh, about uh, history, about success, about uh, pandemics, because now we are in this period of this uh, COVID uh, pandemic, Uh, is very uh, much exaggerated and very much unrealistic. And when we go through different uh, biographies, you see how people have faced in the past uh, problems very similar uh, to what we are facing today. And they have found answers that are uh, working. And we don't need to despair every time that uh, we face a problem because uh, if we uh, spend uh, some time doing research, Uh, very often we will find that the solution is already there. We have to remove uh, the exaggerated emotions. We have to remove uh, the panic and the um, excessive uh, excitement. And we have to be objective and to draw uh, the practical lessons from the past so that we can move on uh, without getting um, uh, disrupted uh, uh, unnecessarily.
1: That's that's very nice, very nice. And John, this this brings me to our next topic for discussion on your book. Uh, I think your book, asymmetry, is well. Is perfect for people to use, to to read in current times because, as I see the way it is structured, uh, it kind of becomes, uh, which I'm, we're going to discuss later on in the show. Pointing towards what one needs to do in such times, it may not be the full solution, but it opens your mind how to think about it, because as you see with pandemic, there's a lot of, as you already mentioned, that okay, first we have to find a solution for pandemic, that's fine, we have to, we have right in front of us, but it has impacted lifestyle, it has impacted the society. There has been job loss. There have been medical emergencies. You know, there has been a little bit of uh, you know negative impact of it on. on I would say quite a bit. Uh, Whosoever has suffered uh, with it, uh, people have lost their loved ones. Saying that, it is it is not uncommon to to feel the negative vibes created by the pandemic. It's negative. I'm saying so you are being restrained. Some people are in lockdown. Some are in semi-lockdown, and some. Um, in in some other states, uh, depending on what is the level of pandemic in their regions. So, in such a case, somebody needs to know that, okay, if you take this as a negative environment, or let's say for uh, somebody having a job loss, because of it, it may not be his or her problem, pandemic created it, how do you build on those, if you call it a negativity, it's not a failure. Maybe if if you want to bucket it there, fine. I'm saying short term because it has impacted investor the guys. So how how your book guides it there? I found it very useful when I was going through it, and uh, the some of the the headlines I saw there were very very impressive to me. The Like the most popular recommendations don't work. Why they don't work? (laughs) And what's causing so much fear and gloominess? See, it fits in right here. And your book was written before pandemic. Am I right?
2: Well, it was finished uh, right before the pandemic. You're right. There you go. Uh, Let me give you an example. Yeah, Sorry, please go Uh, ahead. One of the the, uh, stories I analyze in great detail in the book is the strategies of uh, Hannibal. Hannibal was a, a very... Um, famous uh, uh, general uh, fighting against uh, the Imperial Rome. Uh, he was very, very successful uh, fighting with uh, with an army that was uh, much smaller uh, than the Roman army. He was able to win uh, battles that uh, anybody would have said is impossible. So he was facing situations that were extreme. He was sometimes surrounded uh, by the enemy. He was very often outnumbered uh, two to one, uh, three to one, and he was experiencing uh, extreme adversity. And the, one of the principles that I present in the book is called asymmetry, because when you're facing uh, situations uh, like Annibal was facing, like we are facing today with the pandemic, uh, you cannot win if you uh, face the situation in a uh, linear way, in a symmetric way, where you go face to face and you become very angry, very frustrated. Very depressed, like many people today, because there are things you just cannot do. I mean, Hannibal could not go against the Roman army, uh, face to face, one to one, because it was impossible. I mean, he was outnumbered, uh, two to one, three to one. But as the book uh, presents, he could win by using an asymmetric uh, strategy, which is the following. I mean, he deployed uh, his resources. He's deployed his troops, uh, in an optimal uh, situation, so sometimes on a, on a high ground, uh, having the, the sun on the backs, uh, having the wind. Uh, he ch- chose uh, how to deploy his resources that were limited uh, and he was able to win the battles by using the resources he had. Like today, if you are in the middle of a pandemic and there are things you cannot do, you cannot go to work because your company is closed, you have to use your resources, uh, your time, your uh, your internet, just uh, to try to benefit from the situation in a different way, in an asymmetric way. If you cannot work from home, like many people cannot, use the time wisely uh, to develop new skills. Uh, maybe you can learn uh, additional skills in your area. Maybe you can learn a second language. Uh, maybe you can learn uh, additional, um, uh, you can get a degree uh, in in additional area. There is things you can do, even if you're facing a situation of lockdown. I mean, it's not ideal. It is obviously not desirable. But if you are paralyzed uh, physically and you cannot go out uh, for a few weeks, use the time wisely. And in the end, when you come out of it, you will be stronger uh, than ever. And in the book, I present uh, dozens of examples of people uh, facing situations where they could not win because they were uh, outnumbered, because they didn't have sufficient resources. But by using asymmetric strategies, they became very strong and they were able to prevail eventually.
1: Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I think that's, that's a very good insight into the book. So basically, what you're saying is it's not necessary. You need to have the largest army in all the resources. How do you create success when everything is against you by using the asymmetric strategy? That's a very good thought process. John, we will take a short break, and we will continue our discussion after the break.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, global business at mkjgb.com act now and as a special offer you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author mahesh joshi order today at mkjgb.com
0: This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, and I have with me John. And we are having very fascinating discussions. I'm learning a lot today from John. Uh, his 11th book we are talking about, Asymmetry. And very relevant book in uh, current times, as uh, John mentioned and we discussed uh, in last session about when things are not going good around us, especially in current situation, negative energy with pandemic and all, how you can remain focused, what you can do to keep creating positive energy around you and achieving things in life. Um John, uh, I really enjoyed our discussion in the first session. I'm now looking into some of the elements in a book which I find very fascinating. Like, wishful thinking is slowing you down. Can you share something about that with our listeners?
2: Yes, uh, this is a, a actually statement of a fact. Uh, um, because uh, today, I mean, 20th century America, Europe, uh, you have this philosophy of uh, positive thinking, uh, the law of attraction, which is dominant uh, in the social sciences. Uh, many people take it uh, literally, too literally, uh, for my taste. Uh, and they just think that uh, by the sheer uh, enth- enthusiasm, just by thinking that they can do something, uh, it's going to get done. Uh, and this is to a certain extent uh, unrealistic. Uh, they are in the U.S. alone. Uh, there are 50 million people taking medication against uh, depression, and anxiety. And I think it's because they are unrealistic. They might have a, a situation in their lives that they have to solve a problem, financial problem, a relationship problem. And they just want to become uh, positive and enthusiastic without actually taking uh, rational action. And the book, uh, this first chapter of the book emphasizes that uh, uh, the sheer uh, desire uh, to get uh, somewhere to solve the problem uh, does not remove the problem itself. You have to find a strategy that is workable. And most of the time it's going to be an asymmetric strategy because if you just try to, um, to solve the problem uh, uh, directly, uh, usually the, the amount of energy it's going to take is huge. Just let me give you an example. Imagine that uh, you are in an area and you lose your job uh, and you're an electrician and you cannot find a job because the salaries are very low, because there is no construction in that area, and you just uh, send uh, resumes to hundreds of companies in the area and you become very frustrated and very depressed because you cannot find a job. And it doesn't work. Uh, You cannot have this this symmetric uh, direct approach just to look where you are. Uh, very often the solution is asymmetric. You will have to find uh, in which area of the United States and which area of Europe, uh, there is a shortage of electricians. And you can find this, uh, this data relatively easily uh, within a couple of hours of doing uh, research. And maybe to find a very good job, you have to move. You have to take an asymmetric uh, uh, decision. You have to, to change your location to find a very good job. And I want to emphasize in this chapter that uh, you have to think uh, in a lateral way. You have to think uh, in a nonlinear way. If you just become enthusiastic and send more and more resumes to the wrong place, uh, it doesn't work. You don't have a solution just by doing what doesn't work. So sometimes it's much better. And I really emphasize this in this first chapter of the book to take a step back to realize what is not working and to try to look for an asymmetric uh, solution that will solve the problem uh, very quickly and very easily.
1: Very nice. And how about uh, uh, you have another chapter on when your heroes turn out to be your enemies. How does that happen?
2: This happens very often because uh, people have an idea of uh, heroes. Uh, These are the people they try to, to imitate in their lives that uh, most of the time it's very unrealistic, it doesn't match uh, with the story behind, it's just an image that you get uh, from uh, propaganda, from uh, superficial stories, but when you want to know what really works, you have to look at the story in detail. Let me just uh, give you an example, for instance, we are talking about uh, successful people, uh, uh, millions of readers are familiar with the, with the works of uh, Dale uh, Carnegie who wrote books about uh, how to uh, speak uh, successfully, public speaking, how to influence people, how to make friends. Uh, and the books are very powerful. They're very well written. They're, they're well researched. But you have to realize that uh, Dale Carnegie didn't get successful uh, because he wanted to write the books. I mean, he tried uh, for 20 years uh, different uh, strategies. He was a salesman a traveling salesman in different areas of the U.S. Then he became an actor. He, he went to the Dramatic um, uh, Arts uh, Academy in New York to become an actor. He couldn't get a job, so eventually he ended up uh, teaching uh, courses to adults in the evening in New York, and after many years, he started uh, to write a book about public speaking, that didn't sell. It was not the bestseller. And it was only after 20 years that he became successful by going through asymmetric uh, uh, strategies and eventually he hit it uh, correctly. But uh, when you read the story, and say, oh, Dale Carnegie, I mean, he was very successful writing these books about how to make friends. You have to look at the story behind because otherwise you become uh, very unrealistic. You have very uh, um, uh, short-term expectations that are not... Realistic. So what I, what I try to underline in the book is that uh, you have to look at the heroes in their real environment, in their real story. If you look at the heroes uh, from a, a superficial perspective, uh, they might be driving you in the wrong direction.
1: Ah, okay, okay, okay. So you need to see that what you can do follow that kind of stuff, and and also okay, let's moving up, moving on, and something. Uh, uh, which fascinated me also. So uh, in one of the chapters you talk about, uh, you know, there is so much of noise around, there's so much of stagnation. And uh, uh, there are strategies people are building, but uh, there's no action, seems possible, that just can't be acted on. And, and how do you manage the narratives that makes even the stagnation look good? Like maybe it's getting oversold, you know?
2: Uh, yes the the problem with the, this uh, stagnation and this uh, uh uh doom and gloom that we have today because you i mean you turn on the radio the tv and you listen to people uh, saying that uh, this is the end of the world is the depression is the recession uh, there are millions of unemployed people let I me mean, tell you a story which uh fact speaking is correct but uh, they fail to see what is next And what is next, uh, if you look at history, what is next is uh, is I think it will be a very quick uh, recovery. Uh, As soon as uh, businesses start operating again, uh, they will catch up uh, very quickly. Uh, They have lost a couple of months, but it's not a tragedy. All the production infrastructure is intact. There has been no war. There has been no distraction. So there is no reason to be so pessimistic. That's a very good point. So what I try to express in this chapter –
1: yeah. That's a very good point, what you said, that every infrastructure, everything is available. There's no destruction. That's the key word, that it's not been destroyed. It can be put to use anytime. You could just send the labor again into the plant, start production, and when people are on the road, they will start driving, they will need gasoline, they will be in production, they will be using electricity. So so demand for products will go up. That's that's a very valid point. I agree with you.
2: I have, I mean, I can't tell you the proof. I mean, he just went uh, uh, half an hour ago. I was in a, in a shop uh, to buy a bicycle, uh, and they told me, "Oh, now it takes uh, six weeks for delivery because we have so many sales in the last uh, two weeks since they open that uh, they just cannot cope. So they have to work uh, 24/7 the factory just to keep up with the demand. And I think this is going to happen. In many- after two months of inactivity, people are going back. Uh, Businesses are open. So I think the recovery will be very fast. There is no reason to listen to this uh, gloom and doom stories constantly on television because I think they are missing the point completely.
1: I, You know, I agree with you. See, uh, one more example of if you look at we talk about doom and gloom. Yes, we got hit. By a massive pandemic, and which impacted everything, there were, you know, some of the unprecedented disruptions which has never happened. You have uh, you have health crisis which, which is after a long time that happened, and then uh, we had uh, uh, created kind of financial crisis. But governments responded very very fast almost everywhere. Second, this is uh, financial. Third. The demand side crisis for supply side crisis. Okay fine, all of them. But let's say for United States of America, if we see the impact between February of this year and June. So if, if you look at the economic situation, if I would say that the measurement, people may not agree that that's the only measurement, Uh, Yes, there is uh, joblessness, we have job loss and all that, and I uh, I think it's going to happen what you said, that when it opens, it will recover very fast, but if you look at stock market as an indicator, I'm not saying that's the only indicator, the market was around 29,000 points in February, then came the disaster, and by March, it had fallen by almost 1,000 points, it was 18,000. Or more than 10,000 points, sorry, not 1,000, more than 10,000, 18,000. Today we are in June. In June, it again hit close to 28,000. So it was like 27,500. If you look at it, and to, you see the recent number, that's that 27,500 was the peak after the disaster of going down to 18,000. Nobody did imagine from 29,000 to eighteen. So, with the feeling of opening up itself, it has almost come close to what the previous situation was, if the stock market was an indicator.
2: Yes, uh, indeed. Okay, The stock market is a leading indicator. I think it's it's projecting the future uh, because investors uh, try to look what is happening. But um, overall, I think uh, that, uh, yes, I cannot deny that some people have uh, suffered a lot. Uh, They might have to look for a new job uh, because if their company is not hiring anymore, I understand there are problems. I cannot deny that. But uh, I have to tell you, there's reason to be uh, so pessimistic and uh, really fed up of listening to these messages of doom constantly. Uh, it's the end of the world. So many unemployed. Um I think you have to look at history. You have to look at uh, similar disasters in history. And most of the time, in most situations, uh, the economy recovered uh, very quickly. And you have to keep in mind that the whole production structure is intact. It is there. Nothing has been destroyed. The machines, the buildings, the technology, uh, everything is intact.
1: Perfect. I think, John, you made a very, very nice statement, and I I agree with you. This is... Uh, positive energy as uh, you you keep in your book also guiding people how to keep positive energy I can see it's in your thought process it shows up in your writings we will take a short break and we will continue our discussions after the break
3: For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi.
4: This is Global Business with
0: Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Yoshi. I have with me John, author of 11 books. We are talking about the 11th book, Asymmetry. Perfect timing. Very useful in current times. Pandemic. Seeing negative energy around us. And uh, John talked about how to look at the positive side of it. What is in the store in future. If you look at the infrastructure is available. How the economy can bounce back. How to keep the positivity in your mind. How to prepare yourself. How to move to the next levels. Now, uh, John, uh, we keep moving through your book. Uh, What fascinated me in in going through the book, you made a a statement, wasted efforts due to linear expectations. Uh, Very profound, because everybody expects life to go in a certain way, and most of us think linear. And uh, it doesn't happen. And it could be uh, the source of dissatisfaction i'd like to hear you out on that
2: yes um uh this chapter is actually based on um, some religious thoughts i have to tell you this because it's um it's something that i found very interesting look uh, you might not uh, have heard about the Bolandis, but Bolandis is uh, is a group of uh, researchers uh in Belgium and have been researching uh, the life of uh, religious leaders of saints uh, already for uh, 400 years. Um, these people, it's a group of people, they have been uh, researching biographies of saints and trying to identify what made people uh, religious leaders. And I found the stories fascinating because um, they have researched uh, in detail uh, biographies uh, since the 1st century until the 17th century. Uh, and one thing that uh, comes out of the research, and I think the the... The idea is that uh, when you have a religious leader, uh, someone who creates uh, a religious organization, the qualities are very similar uh, to the, to a successful uh, entrepreneur, a successful uh, manager, a successful politician, because the psychology is the same. And what comes out of this research of hundreds and hundreds of uh, biographies is very interesting because they, they realize that uh, people who just uh, proceed in a linear way, uh, for instance, if you want to be a, sa- a saint, you want to be a religious leader, and you do the same as everybody else, I mean, you pray, I don't know, 20 hours a day, and you give money to charity, and you become a, a very uh, holy person, and most of the time, uh, you will not become a special, you will become uh, average uh, to a very large extent, but you will not become a religious leader, because uh, basically, this kind of competition... It's like uh, having a business and doing the same as everybody else. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication, but you will not uh, stand out. Uh, people who become uh, religious leaders, who become uh, successful entrepreneurs, successful businessmen, um, they usually take an asymmetric approach. Uh, they do something. They do something special that other people are not doing. It's not that they work uh, more hours, it's not that, uh, in the case of saints, it's not that they pray longer than they give more money to charity. It doesn't work. Uh, if you just do what everybody else is doing and you do it uh, to a point of, uh, of um, exaggeration, it will not help you because it will not make you different from, from the others. Let me just give you a specific example. Uh, one of the most fascinating uh, uh, biographies I, I present in the book is the story of uh, Philip Neri. Neri is, is a very uh, famous uh, saint uh, in Italy. He lived in the 17th century, and he created uh, a very powerful, very uh, successful uh, religious organization from scratch, from zero, zero Zero capital, uh, zero connections, uh, zero uh, um, uh, money, uh, absolute zero. And he did it uh, in an asymmetric way. I mean, Neri was trying to do the same as everybody else for 20 years, and total failure, total complete failure. He tried uh, to um, to create uh, a charity; uh, it was a complete failure. Uh, he tried to create an association uh, to to get, to take care of, uh, of of sick people; it was a complete disaster. And eventually, after trying all kind of uh, linear uh, approaches, He uh, he changed his approach completely and he took an asymmetric uh, strategy and he started to think, what can I do that nobody else is doing? What kind of uh, resources can I use that nobody else is using? And eventually he realized that uh, the churches in Rome, because he was in Rome, they were completely empty uh, from Monday to Saturday. Nobody was going to church from Monday to Saturday. They were empty. It was uh, a free resource that nobody was using. So eventually he created uh, a religious movement and he started to preach uh, a sermon every evening in a different church. And this was so uh, unusual that people found it uh, uh, so appealing and they started to follow uh, Neri every evening to a different church. And eventually on Saturdays, uh, he created uh, a pilgrimage. Uh, from church to church, and he took people walking around uh, Rome uh, for three hours, and they stopped in every church for ten minutes, and he made a speech. And this uh, this approach was so original, so absolutely uh, innovative, that he became, uh, became very famous and very successful within a few years. I have to underline that he was using resources that were completely free, because the churches were empty, completely empty, uh, from Monday to Saturday. So this is the kind of asymmetric a approach that I try to underline in the book. If you do the same as everybody else, if you despair, become depressed, you become angry, uh, because you are trying to compete by doing the same, uh, you have to change your approach. You have to find an asymmetric uh, strategy that will allow you to be successful without having to kill yourself working 20 hours a day. Yeah, very true. And
1: I, I was very impressed in your book the way you explained that uh, the, the, the fast progress depends on broken lines. And Another one which impressed me was turning a chain of failures into uncontested success. And that's that's the key to success.
2: Well, uh, I mean, you can also become successful by, by chance if you win on the lottery, but this is very unlikely. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, when you look in history and you see uh, hundreds of biographies, and I try to find uh, common patterns in those stories, I have to tell you, ninety nine percent of the positive stories, they are all asymmetrical. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And another subject you
1: have handled in your book very nicely, how to put the odds in your favor? You
2: know, yeah, this is... Um, This is super important because um, uh, if you're trying to operate in a market or or do something that um, is statistically very difficult, um, I mean, the effort is completely out of proportion. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's, I don't know, trying to look for a a girlfriend uh, in in a city or in a town where there are no single women, or maybe there are just two, uh, and then you just try, you just try, you just try. And, and there is no possibility because uh, the market is too small. Yeah. Uh, you cannot find what you want. Uh, and uh, um, this seems like self-evident, but I have to tell you, uh, there are millions of people trying to uh, to play against the odds, trying to play against the statistics, trying to find, find jobs where they aren't, trying to find uh, girlfriends where they aren't, uh, trying to uh, become successful where it's not possible. I mean, come on, uh, look. Look at the statistics, look at the figures and try to put the odds in your favor because with with less work, with fewer efforts, uh, with lower energy, you will be able to achieve success much more easily.
1: Ah, that that's very important. Okay. And you talk about something why impossible fantasies enjoy widespread popularity. So people hear about fantasies and they follow the same path, whereas that's not the key to success. There could be some other ways which you have to pursue. Is that what it is? Uh,
2: Yes, and I think it's it's okay. You have the obvious cases when people spend their their, uh, waking hours, they spend their time watching uh, TV series on Netflix or watching, um, I don't know, some soap operas. Or children uh, reading these fairy tales, which is the same uh, version of the the Netflix uh, stories, but just for children. Uh-huh. But it's the same. It's mag it's magic, and people uh, see the stories, and they 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 are so nice. And then in the end, uh, the 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 character, the main character, is going to win because yeah. magic happens. And then he, he, I mean, this is nonsense. It's very good entertainment, but it's not real life. Uh, you have to stop uh, getting hooked, uh, completely uh, hypnotized by these stories because it's just, it's just a movie. It's just fiction. It's just a fairy tale. Uh, you should not believe those because they will drive you crazy. And then you go back to your normal life and you say, oh, why is it not happening to me? It is not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not a question of fair. It's a fairy tale. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a movie. It's fiction. It's fiction. Do not mix up uh, uh, fiction with reality. Entertainment is very nice, but if you want to become successful, if you want to escape uh, 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 stagnation, you want to escape misery, uh, this is not the way to go. It's just fiction.
1: Okay, I got it. I got it. That's a very good point. And then, then um, uh, John, uh, what do you think about those uh, signposts which point towards a solution? Yeah, how do you identify those signposts?
2: Yes, um, uh, I devote a chapter of the book uh, uh, to how you can find uh, the the right asymmetric strategy. Uh, I call mm. the signposts. Mm. And there, there are different ways to do that. Uh, one of the the concepts uh, I underline in this chapter is uh, what you call opportunity cost. Uh, in economics, uh, we use the concept uh, opportunity cost uh, to this the total cost of doing something, which is not only uh, what you pay for doing something. Imagine that you go to university and you pay uh, $20,000 for the fee. It's not only $20,000 you pay, you are also paying with your time, and the three years you spend in college, uh, uh, there are three years you could have been used uh, uh, for doing something else. You could have been working, you could have been uh, training, you could have been doing something else. And to find the, the right asymmetric approach is very important to take into account the asymmetric uh, cost, the asymmetric cost, the opportunity cost uh, for making decisions. Because very, very often uh, when you consider the opportunity cost, the decision, the strategy that has uh, the lowest opportunity cost is the best asymmetric strategy because it will not, uh, it will not create uh, a negative uh, consequence. And this is why it's so important. Uh, when you make a decision uh, to get married, uh, to choose your career, uh, to move to a new country, uh, these are decisions that have a huge uh, uh, consequence in your life. And you have to see the asymmetric, I'm sorry, the opportunity cost. The opportunity cost, that uh, this is something which is hidden, uh, but you have to calculate uh, the opportunity cost in your decision. If you are keeping a job that you don't like, You have to see the asymmetric and the opportunity cost of not having your own business, of not uh, trying to get a better job, of not uh, learning uh, something to to do a new career. And this is uh, one of the best ways to identify successful asymmetric strategies.
1: Perfect. Very good explanation, John. Uh, We will take another short break and we'll continue our discussions after the break.
3: For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi,
0: This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back. Uh, You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Uh, Very interesting discussions, John I'm enjoying the discussion with you and uh, I know our viewers would also Uh, Your 11th book, Asymmetry How asymmetric strategies give you a better chance of success especially in the times of doom and gloom how it can be a a signpost it could be a north star it could be a guiding factor how it can make you think in in the right direction So, uh, moving on from where we are doing in our last session, now we are the fourth session, which is the last session for us. Um, in your book, you, you have covered a lot of uh, subjects, something like invisible pillar that sustains achievement and then yes, you're stuck. what to do? Uh, and how casualty takes care of coincidence. Can you walk us through the thought process you have which you would like to share with our listeners?
2: Yes, the, the question of uh, coincidence, um, I think it's very important to address when you are talking about success um, because uh, it distorts the picture uh, to a large extent. Uh, when you look at uh, the stories we see on television, you see in newspapers and you see uh, people uh, who, uh, I don't know, who they create a company and they become successful and they make millions and millions. Uh, uh, this can happen, but this is not, statistically speaking, it is not. Uh, the usual process uh, most of the time when you look at hundreds and hundreds of biographies of successful people you see that uh, there are patterns uh, behind but statistically speaking uh, most people require uh, a long uh, learning curve uh, you cannot expect uh, to do uh, well to learn a new business to speak a new language which is always challenging uh, to do it uh, right away and this is why, in the book, um, I present uh, uh, hundreds of uh, well, hundreds of, of, of um, uh, dozens of, of stories uh, from different centuries, so that people can get um, the full picture. Uh, because the the turns you find in the way uh, of the career of many people, they are uh, very, very often they are unpredictable. Uh, let me just give you one, one of the uh, examples from, from the book. Um, in the book, for instance, I present uh, the biography of uh, of a healer, uh, a very um, uh, famous herbalist from the 16th century. His name was uh, Rembert de Dunes. And de Dunes, at the beginning of his career, he was uh, very modest, was a guy, was living in a village. Uh, his father was a healer. Uh, He didn't have a lot of ambitions, he just wanted to do uh, what his father was doing, but there was a disruption, there was uh, uh, a problem in that area, Uh, there was a flood, it was completely destroyed, so eventually he had to move, not because he wanted to move, but because he had to move, he found it very, very unpleasant, but he had to travel. And during his travels, when he started to move uh, from Belgium, he went to different countries, He realized that uh, many things he knew they were not true. For instance, he was used to prescribing uh, certain herbs uh, for people who had a headache. And then he went to Germany and he found they were using different herbs. And he found it very intriguing and said, how is it possible that uh, what I was doing doesn't work? And then he went to Italy and he found that uh, doctors were using uh, different prescriptions. And then he went to France and he found uh, different answers. So he went back to Belgium and he started uh, to put uh, the whole picture together. And eventually he came to with a very uh, intriguing, very uh, interesting asymmetric approach. And he wrote a book uh, in the 16th century that is still uh, very useful today to try to explain that uh, the solution to most uh, health problems is not symmetric. And when people uh, recover their health and when people become better, uh, it is usually because they take uh, an approach which uh, which uh, uh, has an influence across the whole human body, not just uh, headache. So uh, what Doudun's, uh discovered is that when you have a headache, most of the time the problem is not the headache, the problem is something else. The problem is the lifestyle, the problem is uh, is the the sleep time, the problem is the level of stress, and the same applies to your career, to your business. When you see that uh, the business uh, has problems with uh, marketing, maybe the problem is not the marketing. Maybe the problem is the location. Maybe the problem is the, the human resources. Maybe the problem is the, the financing. So you have to open your mind. And dunce I find the, the story very interesting because he had to, to learn uh, against his will. He didn't want to learn. He was forced to learn because he was forced to travel and eventually realized that what he was doing was wrong. And this is something that uh, in life happens very often. I call the book, I titled the book Asymmetry, uh, because there are hundreds of stories uh, showing this pattern, that uh, sometimes it is the pandemic that forces people to take uh, a uh to look at their life, to look at their business, and realize that it could be improved, and they never have time to think before because they never stop. And they have to stop for a few weeks and they go back and they find uh, the way to improve dramatically something that they would have never found if they hadn't had the opportunity to stop for a few weeks.
1: Mm. That's amazing. Now, um, one more piece from your book, which is very fascinating to me is victory is easy if you choose the right angle.
2: Yes, uh, this is one of the latest chapters, the last chapter of the book. Um, what I want to show uh, with different examples is that um, uh, everybody has uh, certain qualities, uh, certain skills, uh, motivation, uh, resources. And if you use them in the right way, you use it in a symmetric way, you can multiply the effectiveness. Uh, if you uh, spread your resources uh, across the board and you don't place an emphasis on anything, uh, you will not become very strong because uh, in the end uh, you will waste your time and you will waste your resources. You have to really take action and you have to concentrate uh, in some area. Uh, in the book I present, for instance, the, um, the biography of uh, a chess player, a very famous chess player in the 1940s, Alexander Alekin, who was a, a world uh, uh, champion of chess. And he followed this strategy constantly He realized that uh, the only way uh, to win systematically at chess, and I think also in business and in life in general, is to use your resources wisely, to concentrate your resources in certain areas. In his case, he was uh, talking about the chessboard, but I think in business it's the same. You have to find uh, an asymmetric strategy that allows you to use your resources to the best way. This is why in the book I call it, uh, you can win easily if you use the right angle. If you take uh, your resources, you put it in the right place, it looks very easy. Uh, Sometimes it takes uh, years to find uh, what the right angle is. But when you find it, you will find it extremely easy to move forward because you will be using your resources very effectively and you will make progress very quickly.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, I know, uh, John, it's been very exciting discussions. We are coming almost to the end of our show. And uh, I really thank you for uh, being on the show because uh, your book is very useful. And also your explanation today in uh, current times when we have uh, a pand- impact of pandemic around us, how to get focus into getting things done and how to pick the right angle. No, at which your chances of success are good and if you're stuck what you should be doing and also how to find that signpost which point towards a solution for you and how in such situations also when there's a bit of negativity around you put the odds in your favor how do you do that and don't waste uh, efforts uh, uh, on building linear expectations because you can always uh, make a quick progress on broken lines you can use your um, chain of uh, failures if you had any to create uh, some beautiful success stories in your efforts, and uh, uh, thank you so much, John. Really appreciate your time. Uh, it was fantastic. It is it's uh, it's very good discussion and very good explanation by you in such a short time. And I wish you all the success with your book.
0: been listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a good week.